Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What is up, Buff Nation? Welcome into DMVR Buffs Primetime. We're presented by Illegal Pete's. Everyone's go-to spot for burritos, buddies, and beers. Jake Schwanitz here, and my guy, Henry Chisholm, back on the show, man. It has been quite a long time. How are you? I'm good. Yeah, I'm trying to remember. I must have been during basketball season, I think, was the last time yep. I came on. It yeah. was literally two shows before Coach Prime came here. And back then we were doing shows weekly. Wow. That's so, pretty crazy. Yeah, it's been a long time. Yeah, it has. <laughs> yeah, it has. A lot has happened. What is it overall? What is your uh impression of what's gone on over the last six to eight months or so? It's been interesting. I mean, I'm excited. Um it's weird though, because so I stopped covering CU about a year ago. Um and basically everybody who I knew is gone. Yeah. And so that's where, because like last season, I was I was like watching every game and I was cheering for right. the Buffs because I was like, oh look, there's there's my guys, like there's Jay Lee with the ball, and yep. now all those guys are gone, and so it's like, well, I guess I'm just cheering for Colorado because it's Colorado <laughs> now, not yep. because I actually have like any real attachment to the things that are going on there. Right. So it's it's been weird. It's exciting for sure, but strange. It's uh, it's definitely different, man. Um, and we're gonna kind of catch you up on everything that's been going on, and yeah. Also, get your reaction to some of the things that we've been working on here on the show. Um, they've been asking for it there in the comments, and you're getting some welcome backs from guys there. Oh wow! They remember you, Hank. Well, that's good. <laughs> I mean, how long was I there? I guess that was three, you're three there for years. A while, yep. man. So I started summer 2019. So I was there for the full Mel Tucker season. Than the first two seasons of Carl, mm-hmm. and then I was gone. Yep. Yeah. And, uh, you had a winning season, actually. I did get a winning season. Yeah. People <laughs> forget that Alamo Bowl season was. They were legitimately good. Like Jared. I remember because everybody was locked down, and I wasn't traveling to games because of the lockdown. Right. But they started with that game against UCLA, and you know now everybody talks about oh DTR he's awesome. At that time, DTR was just a turnover prone quarterback who. Like had some exciting traits, but hadn't really ever done anything. Um, I guess that would have been the Z- Zach Charbonnet's first season. No, he would have uh, come the year after. Yes, I think so. After the COVID season. After the COVID season came. So yeah, so, so I it was think the he was still at Michigan then. COVID year, but the Buffs go out there and they just keep scoring and scoring and scoring and wind up like scored forty something points, just beat the hell out of them, and they were off and running. That yeah. was they were electric. Carl back, Durrell, Pac-12 Coach of the Year. Back in the Jarek Broussard days. Yeah, he was. He was incredible. And he's another one where he wanted to transfer out. Congrats to him for transferring out. Turns out he had a pretty good thing going at Colorado. Yep. I think I, I mean, you can't really say that about Christian Gonzalez who left. Brendan like, Rice, though. He probably wishes he would have stayed. 
Christian Gonzalez's top 10 pick. Makai Blackman is a third or fourth round pick, yeah, something, something like, like that. that. Um, who he probably he probably doesn't get drafted out of Colorado. Yeah. Just, just the way the the program was seen at that point, like I I don't think he would have gotten drafted, which is crazy because he didn't even get any better when he left. Right. Uh, Nate Landman's now doing some stuff in the league for yep. Sean's uh, Atlanta Falcons. Oh yeah. Um, he's around Carson Wells. Yep. I talked to him a couple months ago. He's is he, he just got XFL XFL. Yeah, he just got an invite or something. Oh, didn't did he? he? I, think, I think so. He did. I, he definitely got a tryout like a month or two ago. I think ago. it was the Patriots. Yes, it was. That's right. Yeah. I, mean, I guess nothing must have come from it, but yep. around. He's around. Somebody <laughs> gets hurt. He might get a chance. All right. The chat's been asking for it for the last week or so. We've been doing these graphics, Hank, of um, just kind of breaking down what's been going on in terms of the transfer portal. Transfers mm-hmm. out, transfers in. We did this one graphic um, of transfers out and where they've ended up. Um, this one isn't completely updated. That uncommitted has gone down a bit. Okay. But this is where all the players that left Colorado have ended up. Not many Power 5 representation. No SEC, mm-hmm. no ACC. Uh, the Big Ten is one. That's Jalen Sami, who went to Michigan State, again with yep. Mel Tucker. Uh, you got two into the Big 12. I think one of those is Deion Smith, who went to BYU. Where and did then, Casey Roddick go? He went to Florida State, but he transferred out before Coach Prime got here. Oh, okay. Yes. So he doesn't count. Okay. Yep. Uh, but only 12 players stuck in the Power 12. Does that kind of match up with what you saw on the field your last couple um, seasons? Yeah, I mean, definitely. You didn't expect anybody to... No, Nobody maximized themselves the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. You know? so, and, and when that's the case, you're just not moving up. Like That's just not what's going to happen. Right. Um, especially because the numbers were down. There's so many things that were broken that it's tough to say like, oh, look, left guard, you actually played great, but nobody could tell. Like, it's just <laughs> really tough to see any of that. And even when you do, you're, it, it's still a gamble. So there's just no reason for the SEC to come in and gamble on those guys yep. when the portal's packed with players who have numbers to back it up or have whatever to back themselves up. Yeah, um, that 18 number for uncommitted, not completely updated. That's from when we last did the graphic. I believe that was mm-hmm. early May. Um, Eric's asking where RK is. Uh, there is a, a bug going around the office there that is. somehow we have been spared by. So far. For now. <laughs> yeah, so far. We're going to knock on wood for that one. <laughs> All right, second graphic, Alyssa. Uh, this is showing where the transfers in have come from. And quite different... Mm-hmm. When you compare it to where the guys who have left the program have gone, SEC standing out there. Um, mm-hmm. But a lot of guys coming from the SEC who have not really played too much. They were recruited at the SEC level, maybe played a season there on the team, redshirted or something, didn't see the field, and now are on Colorado. ACC was seven. Those three guys in the American Conference are Alton McCaskill, who's going to be your starting running back, Jimmy Horn, and Xavier Weaver from USF. Probably going to be two of your starting wide receivers. Hmm. And then uh, on the right side there, look at all the guys coming in from the Power Five. Uh, the FCS, there's 12 kids there. I believe eight of them are Coach Prime's kids from Jackson State. Makes sense. Any impressions from this one? Um, Obviously, you're getting talent. Like, the SEC stuff speaks for itself. Mm-hmm. Like, you just need that. When I was at CU, there were a handful of SEC transfers None of them really did anything. Yeah. They're all guys who are like, well, of course things didn't work out. Of course you were looking for a new home. Again, 
nothing worked at CU at that time. So I don't think that that really projects. I'm, I'm a little bit nervous when I see SEC transfer. You know, there's, there were so many examples. Antonio Alfano is the big one. Yeah. Former number one recruit. Um, transfers out of Bama after his freshman season. Uh, comes to CU and then doesn't even ever see the field. That's just the Buffs pessimism probably kicking in. And, you know, it's... It's not like they're going to be a downgrade, right. you know. You might wind up with a couple players who say, "Ah, we we maybe had this before." You know, Owen Carey I just saw left. Yep. It's like that's you know, that's that was a, 2 years ago if you said that happened or he dropped his commitment I guess at that point, you would have said, "Holy hell, that's a big big loss." Now, yeah. came in, didn't do much on his way out like you cycle through all of these guys you're not going to win every change you make the owen carry for the sec linebacker but in the grand scheme of things yes they clearly clearly got way more talented um they have do you remember dylan dixon oh yeah the top recruit in yep. their 2022 class mm -hmm. playing at missouri state now yeah uh, but he's we'll see yeah we'll see with all those guys um I don't know. I'll, I'll be curious because those were like my guys who right. I spend every day with. Um, so I'll be following along to see what they do. But I will be curious if it turns out, you know, like, oh, Christian Gonzalez left first round pick. Makai Blackman goes draft pick, which is a big deal for Colorado at yeah. this point. Um, or how many of them go the other way? Because, again, it's not the, the team. Will, the team needed to be turned over for sure. You know, you got better, but it is a lot of change. And I wonder how much better. Well, let's break it down even further then. Uh, this is the first graphic in the series we did. This is the production that Colorado lost when mm -hmm. all these players transferred out. Um, I mean, zero multi-touchdown games, three interceptions from 12 defensive backs, yep. 11 touchdowns from 11 total skill players, only one sack from the front seven, uh, one offensive line starter, two defensive backs who charted a pass breakup. I mean... It was uh, that kind of puts it in perspective how bad it was the last few years. Yep. At the same time, though, that looks like the majority of the production from last year. Yeah. It's not much production, <laughs> really but there was no production on that team. Again, yeah, and a lot of a lot of young guys. Like it was just a really young team last year because all the veterans transferred out. Yep, and so everybody was kind of punching above their weight. Um, yeah, it a lot like uh, another callback, um, Mark Perry. Yeah. Mark Perry, who had a role on the defense as a freshman back in 2019, was one of their kind of big recruits, made a couple mistakes, made a couple mistakes again in 2020, but was a starter. 2021, he also starts. Um, but the fans never really got over some of the mistakes he made when he was young, transfers out, goes to TCU, and is a starter on like the college football playoff national title game defense. Yep. Um, and again, like, after year one, if he leaves, you say, ah, you know, it it doesn't hurt that bad, but that's just what happens when young players play, you know? So you lose all the young guys. You, you changed all your lottery tickets for other lottery tickets. Basically. Yeah. That's which, what's going on. <laughs> and you probably got better ones. You definitely got better ones, but I don't know. I'm curious. How much better? Let's find out. This yep. is the latest graphic, the final graphic in the series. Um, I want to make some changes to this before we post on socials, but this is by the numbers, the amount of production... Mm -hmm. Coming into the program, um, you're getting 96 touchdowns from three running backs. I know there's at least five or six wide mm -hmm. receivers. Uh, you count Shador's in there as well. 
96 yep. touchdowns, 11 interceptions from the defensive backs, 40 and a half sacks, 74 and a half tackles for a loss on the front seven or defense. Four offensive linemen who started every single game last year in their previous home, 27 and a half pass breakups. Um, from last year's receiving production, 2,771 yards. And then career rushing production from all these running backs coming in is 3,856. 12 players that have earned all-conference honors at some point in their career are joining this team. Mm-hmm. Um, which one of these stands out to you? Uh, probably the touchdowns. That's a big number. That is a pretty um, big number. Also, I mean, the big 51 in the middle is also a massive number. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm curious. How much of this is production from Jackson State? Uh, so there is one offensive lineman who started every game. That would okay. be Tyler Brown. Um, a lot of the touchdowns are going to be from Shador. Uh, some will okay. be from Travis. He didn't have too many last year. Um, in terms of 12 players that have earned all-conference honors, I know Shador has. I know Travis has. I know Tyler has. Um, I think Sivion Wilkerson, the running back, has as well. Yep. He's actually a big chunk of that career rushing yards Okay. Uh, because Alton McCaskill only played as a freshman at Houston, didn't play last year with a torn ACL. Mm-hmm. And then Cavassier Smoke only had... I think uh, 1,500 total rushing yards or all-purpose yards, actually, in his career at Kentucky. Um, What else would be there? Um, Oh, like pass breakups, tackles for loss, and sacks, Cameron Silman Craig. Uh, Interceptions, Cameron Silman Craig and Shiloh. Mm -hmm. So it's a lot. It is. Then That's what scares me about it. Why does it scare you? Just a lower level of competition. Like, I mean... Montana, like I watch a lot of <laughs> FCS football. Um, and it's just, I mean, it's a very different world down there. Um, let's see. There haven't been a lot of transfers out from Montana. There have been a couple guys who've been productive. Um, well, one's a kicker. Uh, the other, uh, Samori Toure, wound up in Nebraska and had like, so he's he set the, he broke Jerry Rice's record for, uh, receiving yards in a playoff game when he was at Montana. Oh, okay. Um, so he's like electric, incredible player. Went to, it was Nebraska, which killed me. And so was the kicker. But he goes to Nebraska, <laughs> and I think he put up like 600, 700 yards and wound up being a training camp guy. Um, so you so see, it is possible. But jumping up from that level to power five, you, you wonder what translate translates and what doesn't because everybody's bigger, everybody's faster. And, you know, you look at it and what there's probably a handful, five, six, seven, maybe FCS teams that would make a bowl game, like throw them in a random conference, see if they make a bowl game. Mm -hmm. Um, And then behind that, you have a couple teams who'd be close to 500. And if the bulky roster is coming from the three, four win type teams, it's scary. Now, what exactly was Jackson State? That's another tough one, because like last year, they're undefeated until Independence Bowl. I think Celebration uh, Bowl. Sorry, Celebration Bowl. Yeah, they're definitely not a military school. Um, but yeah, so I think that has them. I think they were 14th in the rankings Who? in the FCS, Jackson oh, okay. State. Yeah, they were up there. They were they were right around good. there. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it'll be interesting. It'll just be really interesting to see because that's a it's a big jump for those guys. They also were undefeated at that level. That's true. Um, a lot of JUCO kids in that as well. Um, I don't know if you've seen the clips from Javon Antonio, but he's a wide receiver coming in from Northwestern State. 
big receiver making highlight reel catches. He had 64 receptions, mm -hmm. 683 yards, and six touchdowns last year. Um, the four offensive linemen who started every game, Jack Bailey, Tyler Brown, Landon Beebe, who was at a lower level, FCS, huh. and then Savion Washington, who uh, was the right tackle at Kent State. Jack Bailey was the right guard, I believe, at Kent State. Mm -hmm. um, the defensive line and the linebacker, just the defensive production on that graphic is what stands out to me. The tackles for loss and sacks, um, you're not really getting any true studs outside of maybe Jordan Dominic and like Shane Cokes, mm -hmm. um, but it's a lot of guys who have just produced in spots and have been able mm -hmm. to really, I guess, have a resume of good production. Derek McClendon's a guy from Florida State. He had five tackles for a loss and three and a half sacks last year. He had similar production the year before. Uh, Kyrie Manns, 43 tackles, six and a half tackles for a loss, four sacks. He's coming in from Maine. Do you know anything about Maine football? The Black uh, Bears. Yeah, they actually played Montana a few years ago. They're also, I think they had a transfer. Who was uh, oh, who was the running back uh, last year? He was supposed to go to CU. I think wound up transferring at the last minute. A big back, FCS. Was it Sam Houston? Oh, man. Um, That's before I got here. Oh, probably. <laughs> uh, I'm pretty sure he started his career at Maine, though. Okay. So that'd be the one thing I know about Maine. All right. <laughs> we'll take yeah. it. <laughs> um, but guys like Demoy Kennedy, who was a four-star linebacker at Alabama, mm -hmm. um, didn't play last – or he did play last season. He got hurt, had a season-ending injury. He only had one tackle. Um, okay. So that's factored in, of course, but – Odds are he's probably going to have a lot more than one probably, tackle this yeah. year. Um, who else in there? Someone like Roderick Ward stands out to me when I did this. He had 52 tackles last year, the safety out of uh, Southern Utah, I believe. One tackle for a loss, one sack, four interceptions, and 11 PBUs. Um, another guy coming up to play at a higher level. And then Travis Hunter. When I, <laughs> He's just amazing. Uh, Ten pass breakups, easily the most of anyone besides Roderick Ward. So him and Roderick Ward... Combined for 21 of those huh. of, uh, what was it, 28 and a half or something close to that? Yeah. So. Interesting. Yeah, it was Ramon Jefferson. Oh, that's him. right. Started yes. at Maine. That's right. Led Maine to the playoffs, 1,000 yards, and then became an All-American at Sam Houston. And he was supposed to be a Buffs running back last year. And if he was, who knows if it changes anything, but they would have. there's they one legitimate player they could have had. They could have used him yep. for sure. Yep. Um, so there's that graphic. We'll have that out on social. Um, again, I want to make a little changes, some changes to it, but we'll have that out pretty soon. Shout out to our friends at Shady Rays. Take on the sun with gear built to last at Shady Rays. Extremely durable frames, clear optics, polarized optics. Um, and that's not all. Shady Rays offers you... Lost and broken replacement. I just lost my pair. So if you just bought uh, yours yep. and you lost yours, make sure you hit them up. They'll replace them. Whose are these, though? Those, Those are yours? mine. Okay. Yep. <laughs> I was wondering. Well, last time, <laughs> last time I lost mine, I left. I don't even remember where I left them, but I found them right there just sitting in, in the studio here. So huh. anyway, Shady Rays is the best. Um, it's, it's hot today. Summer's here. Yeah, yeah um, it's very hot. It's, it's like changed. 92 or something. Yeah. Um, even walking out at like 10, 10 30, it was like, I don't know, 80 something already. Yeah. Anyways, you can shop Shady Ray's entire collection at the Park Meadows Mall or go to shadyrays.com. Use code DMVR. You'll get 50% off two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses and you can try for yourself. 
The shade's rated five stars by over 250,000 people. Also, shout out to Shador's number two barbecue sauce. Have you tried this yet, Henry? No. It's delicious. It goes great on absolutely everything. It is grilling season right now. Make mm -hmm. sure you're prepared with some Shador's number two. You can scan the QR code on the screen or go on over to plbse.com. And you can use the code ALLCITY, all caps, all one word, at checkout for 10% off your order of Shador's number two barbecue sauce. Mac Mill says, number two barbecue sauce on beef hot dogs. There you go. Love it. I'm running out. I need to get some. Shout out sales. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Do you know who Boo Carter is, Henry? Um, I've heard the name. Oh, he's the one who committed somewhere else. Yes. Yep. So the Buffs were in a recruiting battle with Tennessee, um, who Boo ultimately ended up committing to, mm -hmm. and Michigan. Um, he put Oregon and Ohio State as well with CU in that top five, or in a top five that he released a few uh, weeks or months ago. And then on Saturday, leading up to his commitment, he said it was between Tennessee, Colorado, and Michigan. He ends up picking Tennessee. He is from Tennessee. He's a hometown kid, um, but he's a four-star, 247 sports composite player in this class, 207th player overall, 17th overall athlete. Um, he ends up going to Tennessee and... I actually got to give uh, props to Buff Nation because I thought I'd see more freak out on Twitter. A lot of huh. uh, rational and smart takes I saw. Wow. Which was awesome. <laughs> Doesn't happen much with recruiting. Doesn't happen much. But if I told you that Colorado was going to be going down to the wire with one of the best athletes in the country with Michigan and Tennessee two years ago, what would you have said? It's great. Yeah. I mean, what Brendan Rice was up there. He was a four-star who had was offers. Well. Gonzalez, yes. He was also a big-time recruit. I'm trying to remember who else offered him. Um, but, yeah, it's it's you could only count on one hand, though, the number of times they beat out, you know, Bama or Auburn or one of those, Michigan for mm. for a recruit. It was really rare. And I and they didn't get a single five-star. Was Boo Carter five-star or four-star? He's a four-star. Four-star? Right now, but he's got a whole okay. senior season. So Yeah, okay. So, yeah, it, it was rare back then. The thing is, they just all left just in one two-week period and just doomed the program. They did all Until leave. now. Until now, we do have some still in this class. Um, the reason I'm bringing this up is just because obviously it's early, and mm -hmm. I, I said it off the top. I think Buff Nation actually responded pretty well to this news. Um, there's been, I don't know if you follow the message board geniuses or whatever on Twitter, huh. uh, that Twitter account. No. They basically go through all the 247 sports boards okay. and post some of the dumbest, nice. funniest shit that you find on there. Yep. Um, we didn't get posted. The Buff wow. Stampede did not get posted after this commitment, so I'm proud of them. Uh, but <laughs> there's been, there's actually a funny one out there. I guess there was a, a four or five star Texas, I think current commit, who went huh. on a visit to Texas Tech. Huh. And he quote tweeted, he found the tweet of Texas fans being like, oh, we don't need him. Go to that whatever school, blah, blah, <laughs> blah. And he was like, I thought y'all liked me to like a current commit. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. That, Do you it miss just seems so obvious whether you're helping or hurting your cause. Yes. Just always help. Do you just miss always help. covering recruiting at all? Oh, hell no. There is nothing worse <laughs> than recruiting. It is just awful. Because, I mean, 
that's the thing now is like with the NFL, I guess you have the draft, but outside right. of that, you know who all the players are. Right. It's like, oh, they're going to get whatever, Zach Allen mm-hmm. from the from the Cardinals. It's like, oh yeah, it's Zach Allen. And th- instead it's this with like a random tweet from some account you don't follow that has just been retweeted enough times it gets into your feed yeah. where it's just like, oh, this guy's going to be up there for whatever this weekend. It's like, okay, there's 10% chance he winds up <laughs> at Colorado. And if he does, there's a... 70% chance he's going to transfer out at some point. That's true. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, I don't know. It's quite different now. Though. Exactly. Um, but, again, we've got a long way to go. I tweeted out signing day, early signing day, December 20th. National signing day, I believe, mm-hmm. February 7th. Um, lots of things can happen. And I think uh, Boo Carter also said he wants to take an official visit to Colorado at some point, too. So, while he has committed... Stay tuned. I uh, I saw a lot of people saying I don't know whether they were close to him or not that this one's going to go down to signing day. So interesting. We'll find out. How uh, tuned in are you on realignment and what's been going on? Realignment. Realignment. Oh, realignment. Yes. Oh, pretty too. I mean, the thing is that's like a seven-year story. Yeah. So I have the bulk. I haven't paid as much attention recently, other than like Pac-12 isn't doing all that well no uh cu's probably going to the big 12 and uh the official one san diego state's leaving the mountain west yep so that's the news that came out after a show on friday pete the of espn reported san diego state gave the mountain west written notice this week that the school quote Mm -hmm. intends to resign from the mountain west conference they're not resigning they intend to resign um the reason they say that there is a June 30th deadline, and of course, San Diego State has been thrown around in Pac-12 realignment rumors quite often. Um, but if they want to leave the Mountain West and join any conference, the Pac-12 or whatever, they would need to give notice by June 30th. Otherwise, their exit fee jumps from $16.5 million to nearly $34 million. So this letter was stating that they intend to resign, <laughs> but not yet. Because they want an extension for this deadline. Yep. Uh, Justin, our guy from DMVR Rams, basically said, fuck that. Why would the Mountain West try and help them get out? What do you think? Um, Yeah, I'd be curious. Unless they think they can keep them. That's the thing. If you think you can keep them, then sure. Extend the deadline and give yourself a chance to keep them. Otherwise, make them give you another $10 or whatever to get out of it. I'm not even sure. I guess it can't be nearly that much for the Mountain West. Because they only get like... A million, two million dollars in payouts. Mm-hmm. So, so I guess they wouldn't have to pay nearly that much. So I guess maybe that's wise because the difference. If San Diego State's about to go get, I don't know, say the Pac-12 holds it like thirty-seven million, right. they're going to go get thirty-seven million next year by not extending the deadline. The Mountain West can claim another three million from them. Right. <laughs> I don't know. I guess you still do it. <laughs> The San Diego State moved the needle for you in the Pac-12, just kind of uh, reclaiming Southern California? No. I mean, that's... Again, I'm from the pre-USC-UCLA era. Right. To, like, the idea of inviting San Diego State into the conference at that time was like, no way in hell you would you ever, ever, ever do that. So I, I don't know. It's, it's sad to see that San Diego State could be on the way, just personally. Like, mm-hmm. that's a small school. Yeah. Like, it... It's better than bringing in Colorado State, but it's kind of along those same lines where it's like you just brought down the level of competition. Um, and, you know, they have got a good basketball team, obviously, um, and that counts for 10% of what a team brings to a conference financially. 
the football team is they're okay yeah like <laughs> and then with usc and ucla gone why couldn't they be average like they'll, they'll always have a good defense i would have said before like yeah they're a five win team four mm-hmm. five win team in the pac-12 that's not something you chase after but maybe four or five wins now get you six or seven with those two gone right um go back to i guess this time last year when you were still mm-hmm. on the beat where were you thinking this was headed? Did you think that the Pac-12 was the best conference for the Buffs, or did you think that they should have looked to go elsewhere? Um, I think it's very clear now that they should leave. Right. At the time, we knew that they weren't going to get to go to the Big Ten. Yep. Like, that's they were still getting the Oregon-Washington rumors. It's like, maybe they go, maybe, maybe you could make that happen. Um, that was still the dream then as it is now. But with that out of the picture, it really was a wash um, because you're getting right around the same. It's it's probably forty million dollars from the Big Twelve or from the Pac Twelve, and in the same way that I feel like San Diego State kind of brings down the, the the street cred of the conference a little bit. At that point, the Big Twelve was adding the teams that they added. And I guess BYU doesn't really do that because they have the, the same big fan base. But, you know, so Houston, Cincinnati, yep. Houston, and UCF. UCF. And again, like, they're good group of five schools. They get their opportunity. But you kind of see the the haves are moving up and the have-nots are kind of, like, moving down. And right. So it, it felt like maybe a lateral slightly upward move. And the, the real reason to be an upward move is because you can kind of just doom the Pac-12. Yep. And if you say, well... There's five power conferences and they all split this much money. Cut it down to four power conferences by you leaving with, say, Arizona. You leave the Pac-12 in such a bad, dead place that it kind of helps you out over here. Right. Whereas you stay with the Pac-12, Big 12 could beat you out. So just obviously you said that, and I think we all agree that Colorado should probably end up leaving the Pac-12, should go to the Big 12. Do you think if and when they make that jump, that the Big 12 will be will have enough prestige to be known as like the big three conferences. You know what I mean? Because Power Five is basically dead at it, this point. Yeah, it's but definitely dying. Big 12 could be able to push at least in terms of they're probably not going to match up in terms of competition with mm-hmm. the SEC and Big 10. But can they push? Do you think? I don't think so. Um, they'll be. We'll we'll see how it all shakes out. There's probably just three tiers. With the top tier being the, uh, the SEC and the Big Ten, mm-hmm. Big Twelve just doesn't have the juice to com- com- uh, compete with those other teams. Like, like who, who is like the marquee Big Twelve team at this point? Like Oklahoma State, Kansas State, <laughs> Kansas State. Like that's just yeah. And both those teams, like yeah, you go in a decent year, you go five hundred in the Big Ten, SEC. Right. Maybe maybe in a good year you do better, but not by a whole lot. And, and that gap would be obvious and growing and the only real way that you could get around that at this point is you know you, you poach oklahoma state and kansas state and oregon and washington and right you know whatever acc schools you choose and that's just not realistic so it, it is the right move to just jump to the big 12 and i really do think that that's going to happen um but i don't think i don't know all it does is it, it separates them from the pac-12 and i think honestly the acc is probably still right there yeah it's uh it's crazy man um i saw from some people on twitter don't know if they're credible or not that maybe this week 
But given that we have this June thirtieth mm-hmm. deadline, uh, hoping that we get some of this news soon. Were you covering the Pac twelve media deal by the way this time last year? Oh yeah, oh yeah. I mean, it's been years and years since I started. Really, been covering it. Yeah, because at first it was the what it was the twelve yeah twelve year deal from tw- two thousand twelve with Larry Scott. Right. So that comes up end of this year. Um, and because every other conference was signing like eight year deals, seven, I think there was even a seven year deal. They cycled through so quickly that at the time that the PAC 12 signed that, that deal, it was massive. Right. Like it was resetting the market. Nobody could believe that they'd been able to get that much money, but they did it by making it so long term. And the way that sports media rights have always gone, like since the seventies, they've just been going straight up, straight up, straight up. Yeah. That meant that by missing those two cycles, they're now, you know, each school's down $20 million right. to the Big Ten, to the SEC. And so you've just been waiting and waiting. And there have been rumors since I started. Like, I remember my first first thing I covered was Pac-12 Media Day in 2019. And going out there, all the questions for Larry Scott are just about the media deal. Hmm. At that point, there's rumors of Apple getting in on it, the Amazon getting in on it. And the Pac-12 just football wise really struggled for the last few years and that's what killed it and if if you know usc had made a college football playoff you know maybe oregon gets into one there too things would be very different right now um but it just didn't work out because the pac-12 was bad in part because they didn't have the money because the deal was too long the first time shout out larry scott shout out larry scott (laughs) shout out larry scott (laughs) Ugh. What a time. Um, yeah, what a time, man. There was, it was a, it was my second media day, I think. Justin Herbert was there. Mm-hmm. So maybe that was my first. It must have been the second. But I remember I was recording the podcast out on like their, their patio out there. And uh, it was right after Larry had spoken. And so I'm just sharing my honest opinions of the things they said, which were, we're not very kind. And then uh, Larry Scott sat down at the table next to me. I was like, oh, we're going to, we'll jump back to this part later. And I'm just not That's doing amazing. this right now. Yeah. Oh, guys, get your questions in now. If you have anything for Hank, shoot that in the comments. Shout out mm-hmm. to Breckenridge Brewery. You guys know we love our Breck beers here at DMVR. The beer of the month is the Mountain Beach Sour, Hank. What are your opinions on that beer? It's a good beer. I think it's their best beer. Now that I'm at the point where, so it used to be I wanted to drink a lot of beers. Yeah. Like for the Nuggets games and the Avalanche games. Yeah. So it's just like whatever goes down the easiest. Now I want to enjoy a beer. And you could probably put the Mountain Beach down also. But that's a good one just because it's... It's crushable. Yeah, it's it's crushable, but also very flavorful. Yes. So you can sit and you can just sip on one for an hour and you'll be happy. Uh, a guess on how many beers you had during this Nuggets finals run. Just Jeez. the finals, not even the oh, playoffs. Oh, just the finals. So like what? That's five games. What was it was it last Monday oh. that they won or was it Tuesday? Yeah, I mean, I see the thing is we're just talking beer, so it's probably only like five a game. <laughs> but then you get into like the other stuff, the tequila, yep. the whatever, and it gets up really big. And we I went to two of the games, and though those were both a couple beers before. <laughs> yeah, I'm, and then the big beers there. It was, let's call it five a game, so twenty five. Let's go. Yeah. Um, come hang out at the DMVR bar. We've yes. got all kinds of Breckenridge beer. Get yourself a Mountain Beach Sour, or you can check out their beer locator at www.breckbrew.com. Find a Breck Brew near you. Mm-hmm. Shout out to FOCO, the leading manufacturer of sports and entertainment merchandise with a product line that includes apparel, 
accessories, toys, collectibles, novelty items, and more. Um, if you missed out on a Father's Day gift, FOCO might be the place to go to get a belated Father's Day gift. They have our back for Colorado sports and they have yours too. Get the best gear around by using the link in our description. For all non-presale items, use the promo code DMVR for 10% off. All right. Let's talk to the people for a bit. All right. Jays is back. Uh, I got a question for women's basketball team. Where do you project Shelamai Sanders this season? Starter, second string, coming off the end of the bench, or redshirt year? Um, they are bringing a lot of people back, this women's exactly. basketball team. This and they're is, adding some players, too. Yes. So, I mean... I would guess end of the bench, red shirt somewhere yeah. around there. Mm-hmm. Who knows? Also, uh, keep an eye on LSU. For I'm just gonna say keep an eye on LSU. Okay, and we'll move along. <laughs> All right, sounds good. Uh, Jays, another one. Can you name three freshmen you feel would red shirt this year or won't get much playing time? Oof. Um. All right. Well, one of them is gonna be a quarterback, of course. Um, mm. Well, maybe. Who knows? With the how or the lack of depth, I guess at quarterback. Really behind yeah. Shador, it's three freshmen. Yeah, um, Ryan Staub. Ryan Staub, Casey Wiseman. Ryan Staub, a guy that uh, you probably covered oh, yeah. at least a bit. Yeah, yeah. I think. Uh, I'm trying to remember the whole thing. He's not the one who transferred and came back. He's just a true freshman this year, right? Yeah, so he was actually offered by the previous staff, but yep. was able to retain his offer. Yep, and commit. Yeah, that'll be good. Who's the other one uh, who came back? Because I can't remember. I don't think I ever heard where Staub ranked, but I know that there was the one guy they really liked who went to Houston and then tr- entered the portal and then came back, and he was like their number one choice that year. But that was the whole last year, and he's oh, already okay. off the roster, so it doesn't even matter. But Staub, I can't. Yeah. I know, I know they like Staub. I don't know how much they like Staub. Um, I got my list. Let me go through a few other guys here. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if one of the um, wide receivers or maybe multiple wide receivers redshirt, just considering they brought mm-hmm. in so many yeah. uh, through the transfer portal. Um, I don't know, like Caleb Mathis. Um, he's a walk-on, though. Uh, trying to see who else. I mean, Hank Zelinskis, interior offensive lineman coming as a true freshman, probably not going to play very much. Yeah, definitely. Um, so we'll go. I'll say those three. Next question. Cheryl, any updates on Jalen Ellis? Is he still coming? He posted a picture yesterday with palm trees in the background. Um, from everything I heard, he's still coming. By the way, Cormani McLean, his mom posted a video on social, I believe Friday, he's coming. Savelle Smalls on campus, he's coming. Wow. Uh, the players are actually coming that said they were committed, Hank. But That's can you good. believe that? That is good. <laughs> Need um, that. Next one, Cheryl. Again, the concern about FCS players entering the Power Five is confusing to me. Is this the first time FCF players have moved into the Power Five? If not, how did those players do? Why so much concern? Yeah, I'd be curious. I mean, you'd, it would be really tough to just go through every single one that's jumped up and seen. I only know from Montana. Again, Samori played well. He put up like 600, 700 no. yards. And he was All-American and all that um, at Montana. Um, outside of that, 
I can tell you that I can't think of many super successful players. I mean, the uh, who is the Chance Main? Right. Chance Main was an yep. FCS transfer. He didn't play all that much. It didn't feel like last year. No, but, but he's back. He is back. Um, uh, Cam Ward from Washington State. Cam last Ward's year. a good one. Yep, and that's um, what you want Shadur to be. Exactly. Yep, that's uh, what you're hoping Shadur is. And I've heard, I've seen her stuff on Twitter and that Cam Ward is people are already saying he's had a great off season and they think he'll huh. be even better this year. Um, Cam Ward's the guy I always look to. I mean, he was fairly successful mm-hmm. last year. He had some moments. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, um, it's just a different level of play. Yeah. And, like, there's a reason you're down there or you're up there, and if you change, there's a probably a reason for that, too. But I, it is – that's it's a lot of FCS players to be adding to an FBS roster. Travis it's, Hunter is for real, though. He is for real. Yep, you got him, you got Shadur, and anything else is really just gravy in my mind. That is true. Um, what else do we got – CBW Henry, tell us how you really feel about this team Coach Prime has put together. I'm, I mean, I'm curious. I have, I have no idea. I did take the the lines at three and a half wins. Yep. When the Nuggets won, I put some of my winnings on the over on that. Let's go. Um, I did sprinkle a little bit on them to win the Pac-12 just because. Hell yeah. Again, the odds are just kind of crazy. Like, there's a chance that Shadur Sanders is able to just carry this team. Oh, and for sure. And if that's the case. Anything's possible. There's also, I think, a real chance that... I don't know. You saw what they were last year. Yeah. They it were really bad. It and won't this be is a that different bad. team, but I really hope not. Um, I yeah. mean, there's a lot of uh, coming together that needs to happen. A lot of figuring out yep. who is who actually belongs at this level, to kind of go with your point. Yep. Um, and just who is for real. And if exactly, you know, players coming off of injuries, Demoy Kennedy, Alton McCaskill, um, coming off pretty serious injuries, they're out there working, though. Yeah. It ju- I mean, when you just have so many guys who, I, I mean, there, there are plenty who have tape. Like, there are plenty who have tape. But there's also, I mean, we looked at the SEC numbers. Some of those guys are going to turn out to be solid players. A lot of them, I think, probably will not. And to figure out before the season starts which ones are which would be really, really, really difficult. And that's why you're going to... I would imagine with a team that's all just put together the way this one has, you're just going to see it change so much who's in the lineup and who's out of the lineup and what role they play. And and that alone probably costs you a couple games, just not knowing who you actually should be putting on the field probably. Um, but yeah, I mean, a bowl game. To I think go, the bowl game's probably the line. Yeah, that's where Good I'm year, at Good year, bad well. year. To go with that, though, they've already kind of admitted some misses on some guys. Um, Taylor Upshaw was an mm-hmm. edge who came in from Michigan. Uh, he left after the spring game. Uh, Zico Sado Traore was a all-conference tight end for Arkansas State last year. Huh. He transferred out. And then Tavion Beasley, who was a Jackson State cornerback, was part of the Louis luggage, came in, huh. didn't make the cut, and was sent packing, basically. So um, I wouldn't be surprised if we see some more of that i mean obviously not entering the portal because they can't but just guys who just we don't hear from too much this season yeah i mean it's just it's tough because every other team in the country has like a starting point right it's like here's the guys who played last year there you go and then there's holes wherever there's holes so there's like a clear order of oh he was the backup last year oh he was the third string last year and things can change but you're just so close to knowing how you should be using your team that this is going to be right it's it's like a challenge 
that's a, a real challenge. That's a fair point, though. You got to figure out the entire depth chart, and most teams yeah. don't have to do that. Exactly. And yeah, you you can just go by recruiting stars, but right again, the the SEC guys probably were great recruits. Yep. They wanted a fresh start for some reason. Yep. Dimitri's asking, do you think Shiloh will actually start? I put him in as a starter when I did my projected depth chart. I don't know if you've watched Shiloh at all. Only the uh, Celebration Bowl. I, can't, I don't think he did too much then. No, um, I didn't remember anything He was it. still kind of hurt, I believe. He okay. was, uh, I think he also tore his ACL about a year ago and came huh. back early. Interesting. All right. Eric's asking, is there a limit a team can redshirt? I don't believe so. No. You can just, I mean, with they're so lenient with it now with the four game rule and all that. Yep. So, um, it's kind of just whatever. Yeah. Uh, Jamel's asking any Cormani McLean sightings. Uh, his mom says it's coming. He's coming. It's gonna happen. I promise. It's a shame he wasn't here for the spring. He was. Yeah, that would have gone a long way. Having him out at practice and stuff for sure. Yep. Um, that would have been nice. I think he's going to play a lot. Definitely. Yeah, no, he's definitely, I think he's definitely starting. And that's where it just getting another 24 practices or whatever it is could have gone a long way. Right. Um, Eric, are there anyone out there who's already committed that Coach Prime can legitimately flip? Um, I mean, Boo Carter, start with him. Mm -hmm. um, I'm sure there's a few guys. I mean, there's probably going to be a guys that commit throughout the season. We saw a lot of commitments over this last weekend. And uh, I, w I don't know. Have you seen anything on that? Like in your time covering college, like amount of commits or like percentage of commits who actually end up flipping after giving a commitment? Do you know anything on that? Um, I don't know what the number is. I do think, I mean, Colorado didn't have many of their commits flip. It was always a really big concern. I mean, with a lot of the guys we talked about, Brendan Rice being one. Right. It's like, yeah, we'll believe it when he's on campus. And it's like, well, there he is on campus. Yeah. Um, they didn't seem to flip all that much. But again, what Dion does is just totally different. Like, right. that's just, I mean, if, if the book is out the window. Yeah. Like, this isn't anything that's ever been done before. If he wants to go flip somebody, he's, he's going to try harder to flip somebody than anybody else ever has. Right. He's going to see the guys who are committed to other places as less committed than just about any other coach in the country. He's going to think he can do it. Um, and so because of that, I wouldn't be surprised if there's a, a bunch of flips in Colorado's favor just because they're going to try so hard to do it, I'd imagine. Yep. Yep. They're recruiting until uh, they sign on the dotted line, basically. Yeah. All right. Anything else? That's it. Thanks for coming on, man. Oh, definitely. Good to have you back. Oh, yeah. Um, a lot of stuff has changed. And, a lot uh, has changed. A lot will continue to change, I'm sure. Carl Durrell was out at Broncos practice last week. Oh, yeah? Did yeah. you catch up with him? No, I didn't get a chance because he was... We are all just kind of roped off in our little corner <laughs> yeah. with Sean Payton there, so that's a shame. <laughs> yeah. I talked to him for a long time at the airport of the Combine, though. That was good. I remember you did tell me that. Yeah. Um, shout out to you, Henry. You can follow him at Henry Chisholm. Follow at DMVR Broncos. All the great stuff you guys do over there. Oh, yeah. How are we feeling about the Broncos? Real quick. Just scale of 1 to 10. Mm, they're 5. We're just mediocre right now? Just kind of I waiting? mean, 5 would be a big step up. That is true. Yeah, I think right there in the middle. There you go. We'll figure Eight it out. 8 or 9 wins. Yeah, sure. Does Russ get it figured out this year? <laughs> He'll be fine. 
Like, I, he'll be better. He'll definitely be better. I don't know how much better. That doesn't get me too excited. <laughs> I mean, I'm, they haven't been in the playoffs in seven years. You shouldn't <laughs> be true. too excited. You're right. You're right. <laughs> All right. Shout out to you, Henry. I appreciate you, man. Um, we'll talk to you guys tomorrow, chat. Till then, Scobuffs. Buffs.